0: What hope can we hold on to when culture around us grows angrier, meaner, and more hopeless? Dana Gresh says she's holding out for a better country, but it's not what you think. Here's Dana. Hey friend, welcome back. Wow, it's week number four in a podcast series I've been recording on lessons I've learned from the Old Testament book of Ruth. And I have to say, we are getting a lot of email the book of Ruth is striking a chord. I think it's because a lot of us are thinking about things we haven't thought about before. I've got to be honest about what I've been thinking about. This pandemic has me thinking how incredibly finite I am. In other words, I'm more aware that I'm going to die than I ever have been. And I don't think that's bad. In fact, I think it's very good. Of course, this all started back in March of 2020, and I remember I kicked off my first week of sheltering at home with a walk in the meadows by my farm. And as I walked through the dried stalks of chest-high winter wheat that had survived the deer and the snow, my mind was heavy with questions. None of us really knew at that point what was coming, only that some people were dying. My lips uttered fervent prayers as I reached this ridge and I looked down on what once was a bustling four lane highway, but it wasn't busy, not at all. One lone minivan drove through the eerie emptiness, and I know exactly where I was standing when I decided two important things. Number one, I'm okay if I die soon. I am. I have a lot of peace about that. And number two, I want to live better until I do. Now, I also know who I was thinking about when I thought those two things. No question in my mind, I was thinking about my children and my two precious grandbabies, Addie and Zoe. And I, I do care to some degree about what others think of me, but I want my children to have a peaceful sense of gratitude when they attend my memorial service. I, I want that. More than anything, my heart beats for the way that I live to prove to them, above everybody else, that I believe in eternity with Jesus Christ. I want my life to say, Jesus has been good to me. I want my life to say, I love Jesus. And I want them to see that I've shared his love as long as I was able to, not just with my readers and my followers although I love you too, but I want them to have a sense that I shared the love of Jesus with them. This is the question that echoed through my heart that day as I looked down over that empty valley. What will my children remember about how I lived through this hardship? I think times of crisis define who we truly are, what we truly believe. And if those two things are worth anything— then seasons of pain transform us more deeply into women or men of character. They don't just transfix us. They shouldn't just transfix us by what's on the television screens and news feeds. And that brings me back to this final life lesson from the Old Testament book of Ruth. Life lesson number four, be transformed, not transfixed. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people are transfixed by the headlines right now. I was thinking about that, and I wasn't quite sure what the word meant, but I looked it up. Dictionary.com defines transfixed this way, to cause someone to become motionless with horror, wonder, or astonishment. See anybody like that around you? Are you like that? I think some people are just frozen by fear of death, sickness, the aftermath of rioting and indifference, and others just can't turn away from the astonishment that all the disagreement has caused. It's like a great big demonic game of dominoes as one after another, good people, really good people, get sucked into the vacuum of rhetoric that just leaves hearts bleeding. I was having breakfast this morning with a friend who almost got lured into a Facebook conversation about politics. It would have left wounds. She was transfixed for a brief moment. And then had a wake-up call and said, hey, Dana, I need some accountability. I said, yeah, don't comment on that. I don't want to be transfixed by this time. I want to let God use it to transform me into a woman worth remembering. And I believe that's what we see Ruth experiencing through the pages of the book named after her. Life was hard. The book opens with famine, death, unexpected life changes. And how do we see Ruth responding when months or even possibly years down the road, we don't know exactly the timeline, but it wasn't overnight. Things didn't get back to normal quickly. If you've been following this little series, you know that Ruth's been making good choices along the way. She has been busily trying to do what she can do to get her mother-in-law Naomi through the grief and disappointment. And that included humbling herself to pick up scraps of grain in a field owned by a man named Boaz. And we find Ruth thanking him and trying to explain how she got to this desperate place of need. And then this, this is what the book of Ruth says in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you've done. Did you hear those? Three special words that Boaz spoke. Yes, I know. And then I have heard. I have heard. Boaz tells her the word is out. People are talking about you, Ruth. And she doesn't seem to be aware of it. She was just doing the next right thing. The next right thing. we I don't know if you know, but we have a boys ministry. My husband and I started a boys ministry called Born to be Brave. And they define being brave as doing the next right thing sometimes it takes courage to do the next right thing sometimes it takes courage to refrain from posting on that facebook post or that twitter feed sometimes it takes courage to rise up and go help a family that's struggling and hurting and sick it does but ruth does it she does the next right thing and somehow that not only had boaz a man of some wealth and influence aware of who she was and how she was living but it also caused him to think about God. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you've done. Ruth had a reputation. So do you. So do I. Is it the kind that has people talking about God? And maybe I should add this. Is it the kind that has people talking about God in a good way Because I think some of the behavior of believers right now is making people distrust or question God. I guess this is the time that I should probably confess that I'm wondering, when we consider the overall reputations of Christians as a result of how we're living through this pandemic, is it good? Does it point people to Jesus? Are we pointing people to Jesus with our simple acts of love as we do the next right thing? I've been fascinated by reading how the church got through former pandemics. Um, You can go pretty far back and read some really interesting pieces of history. And church history tells a really good tale of believers who endured a terrible fourth century epidemic that swept through the Roman Empire. Christians didn't run from the cities or shut off their homes from others. Instead, this is what one historian records. All day long, Christians tended to the dying and to the burial Countless numbers with no one to care for them. Others gathered together from all parts of the city. A multitude of those withered from famine and distributed bread to them. You know what happened? People started talking about them. That's why this historian wrote about them. Because people were talking about the Christians who were doing the next right thing. Not the next easy thing. The next right thing. This is what else that historian wrote. The Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips, and they glorified the God of the Christians. And I don't think that this writer was a believer because God is not capitalized in his original writing. These Christians made a mark on that historian and all of us who now read what he wrote. Friend, terrible times either transfix us or they transform us. And those believers in Rome and Ruth all the way back in Bethlehem— discovered that deep within them was the faith and peace to live like they believed in eternity with Christ. And when they looked death and despair in the eyes, they weren't afraid. They did good things. When our good deeds, not our opinions or theology or position of influence, are on everyone's lips, we bring our God to their mind. And that's the kind of living that outlasts us. Because when we've carried the right character Well, our ancestors become more than a name on a genealogy report. They become hashtag family goals. And that brings me back to your children and mine. I spent a whole lot of time and energy trying to raise children to be good and godly, and you probably have too. And so much of that depends on what is caught from us rather than what is taught by us. And right now, I think... We're living in an especially contagious time, and I'm talking about the way we're living, not the virus. Are you walking by fear or faith? Are you being transfixed or transformed? Let's talk about transformed living just for a sec. The New Testament starts with the feel of an Ancestry.com-generated family tree, really. Jesus didn't sign up for it, but someone named Matthew thought it ought to be recorded. He'd apparently gotten over his tax collecting and decided to collect far greater treasures. Well, he wrote down Christ's family background and included all the people who preceded Jesus in his human bloodline. And in this genealogy, we find a precious, hardworking, grain-gathering, widowed woman named Ruth, who, spoiler alert, was married to Boaz. I think Ruth was a woman who was transformed into further greatness by her trials, I kind of wonder, was God allowing the circumstances of her time in part so that she could be further transformed into the kind of great, 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 plus, plus grandmother who would nurture the line of women needed to raise the mother of Jesus to be a woman of character and faith? I want my children to see the great pandemic of 2020 and 2021, or however long it lasts, as a time when I was transformed into something God needed me to be. I don't want them to remember a woman who was transfixed by the happenings. So, what about you? People are talking about you. What are they saying? What will they say at your funeral? Until we have a better country, let's keep passing on the baton of faith to the generation behind us. Do you have a tween daughter? True Girl has released an all-new study for girls ages 8 to 12 based on the book of Ruth. It's called Ruth, Becoming a Girl of Loyalty. Together you'll explore topics like true friendship, finding joy in hard times, dealing with mean people, and seeing God in painful circumstances. Learn more at MyTrueGirl.com. This podcast was produced by Pure Freedom Ministries.